Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Yes, praise the Lord, it is chat time once again. Now we are going to continue our discussions of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. We're going to finish up with a topic that we started last week. And I know that it was um, interesting, (laughs) to say the least. It was talking about spiritual warfare prayers, however... You know, it's talking about the Bible and how a fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person availeth much. So you can expect if you're a righteous person and you're praying uh, fervently, you can expect the Lord to answer you. Um, But in this article that we were talking about, it was talking about... um, it equaled spiritual warfare prayers in uh, with violent prayers. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> How many so, from effectual fervent to violent is insane. And um, I, I don't think the two mix, but um, we were talking about reasons for unanswered prayer, which is not praying enough or lack of faith or or being unrighteous. Well, sometimes the Lord has answered and we aren't accepting the answer. It's not like he hasn't answered us, just like he answered Balaam. He said, now... You don't hear it? Or you won't receive it. He said, if the men come in the morning, you can go. And Balaam waited and waited and waited. Men didn't come. He saddled up anyway. It's just like, you, Lord has given the answer, but you just don't accept it. And then you're not praying according to God's will, or you're uh, praying selfishly. Which is not according to God's will. I was going to say that's probably not according to his will. 
But so we were talking about that last week, and then we got to in this article. It's talking about the different categories of prayer. And I know you know last week you didn't agree with me because it, it, it under it's talking about under uh, violent prayer. Right. I know. Which is it not talks scripture. about persistence, and it was talking about Matthew seven seven. Where it says, when Jesus said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to keep knocking and seeking and and asking. Asking, not taking. And then a lot of people say that you just ask, it's sufficient to just ask once. If that's where your faith is. But but if if you don't feel as if your... uh, prayer has been answered or you feel the, uh, a pulling within your within your spirit, then you pray. I mean, that's what Paul did. That's what David did. You know, they, they prayed. They sought the Lord until God gave them some reassurance, gave them something that they could have an answer to so that they could know either to stop asking or to, to look with hope. And then the other example was in Luke 18, 1 to 8, where uh, it's a parable about a woman and a judge, and she was pleading with the judge. Right. This woman was pleading with the judge for um, justice, and right. the judge didn't want to hear her. And, right. and she persisted, and she persisted, and she, she refused. She refused to stop until she. Uh, well, where is the violence in that? You, you didn't see what she. Leapt across the room and jumped on the judge and put her <laughs> hands around his neck and, and and shook him until he was senseless and said, "You're going to give me my I, land I think back." Whoever wrote this article is equ- equating persistence with violence. Well, he's silly, but it's, or she's silly, or they're you know, silly. So when we left <laughs> off, it was we were talking about um, we were talking about this right here, persistence and violence. Right. But you know, violence. Is intended to inflict pain on a person. And harm, yes. And the Lord says, no way. You want to hurt someone. Right. And and that's not what spiritual warfare prayer is about. No, it's not. And anywhere in the Bible where the Lord talks about violence, he's talking about the ungodly. He's yes. talking about actually sin. Right. <laughs> that's yes. what and it so, is. And saints, we... We don't participate in things like that because we know God is able. So when people, you know, when it says that the the, um, the violent take it by force, that appeals to the flesh. You know that that satisfies a person's own personal ego, their own personal pride. You know that satisfies the individual. You know, I was talking with somebody, and they were telling me something that they did was complete. Something that they were thinking of is completely out of the will of God. But they said when they do that, they feel at more peace, at more peace than they've ever felt otherwise in their lifetime. I said that doesn't change God's word. Just because you feel more at peace with something doesn't make it right. And I think that's how people, you know, they... When they're interpreting this violent, the violent take it by force, it's like to get a certain type of satisfaction, but it's in their own flesh. Mm-hmm. It's in their own self that they get this satisfaction. God isn't pleased with it. So he's, uh, this author, uh, Denver Chetty, 
and this this article comes from bibleissues.org and he defines violent prayer as the kind of prayer that moves God and it takes the kingdom by force so to hogwash. speak. How are you going to take the kingdom from God? It, has, it doesn't have anything with physical violence. It doesn't have anything with uh, sin. It, ha it doesn't have anything with the tone of your it voice or anger or... or then uh, what is it? What is he talking about? <laughs> how, can, how can you go to the Lord talking about taking the kingdom by force when he owns the kingdom? That You can't take from the Lord. There is, you have to entreat the Lord. There is no taking of the kingdom. When, when you have an effectual, fervent prayer, you realize who you are praying to. When the woman went before the judge, she realized who she was standing before. She didn't go in there insisting that the judge do whatever so she would kick his behind. That's not what she told him. She entreated him according to his position as to who he was. And when we pray an effectual prayer to the Lord... We entreat the Lord, knowing who God is and who He, uh, what He's capable of. Like He said, you don't know the power of God. That's what the Lord would tell them. He said, you don't know the power of God. That's why you're making all these ridiculous uh, assertions. That's why you're coming up with all these stupid parables. He said, you don't realize the power of the Lord. And a lot of people, they don't realize the power of God. You don't have to get in yourself talking about, I'm going to... Take it by force. What, you, what are you taking? <laughs> you have no power to take anything. Without the Holy Ghost, we can do nothing. So uh, besides persistent, it's, uh, the prayer is also kingdom-focused. And the, the uh, sample that this author gives is the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter... And he considers that violent? Six. <laughs> but I don't get this. I, and some things people just should not publish. They just shouldn't do it. <laughs> In your opinion. In my opinion, they should not publish certain things because it makes no sense. It's, it's ridiculous. It can lead people the wrong way and thinking right. what you're saying that's, is right. That's what Jonathan did, and he did it without realizing that he was inciting the people to do the wrong thing. You know, and so he was still held accountable for what he said when he when he tasted of the honey, and the people told him, "Well, your father told us that we couldn't eat." You know, and well, they waited till after he did it, and then they told him, "Your daddy said you we none of us could eat," and he said, "Well, my father was wrong. That he never should have done. He just should have said, well, then I'm worthy of death,' and left it. But he said, my daddy was wrong, and he did not understand.'" implication of what he did. And when the people took the spoil, they ate the meat raw with the blood. The mm -hmm. Lord held Jonathan accountable for that. Mm -hmm. So they're talking about the kingdom. He's talking about kingdom focus. So one-tenth of, you know, uh, the Lord's Prayer contains ten lines. And personal needs, give us this day our daily bread, constitutes just one-tenth of the Lord's Prayer. And He's saying that when we're praying, 90% of our prayer constitutes our needs. And we shouldn't pray like that. Why because, not? Uh, we should be believing that, that Jesus died on the cross so that we could be happy and comfortable here on earth and that God's kingdom revolves around our needs and wants. 
and desires. God's kingdom supplies our needs. It doesn't revolve around us, period. <laughs> it's, he supplies our need. And therefore, when you're praying, if it's a need, you can thank him for it. But it's where your faith is. But basically, because God said, I supply all your need, then when we are praying and we realize we need something, then we simply can just thank God for it because I guarantee you, because he said it, it has to be done. He will supply your needs. So when we pray and ask for things for our needs and our desires and our wants, he feels like we don't get it because it, it, we're, not, we're focusing on our own selfish desires we're not, we're praying amiss. No, we're you're praying. not praying amiss. And, and then you can't lump wants in with needs unless what you want is what you need. You know, but a lot of times what we desire isn't necessarily a need. So therefore, we have to go to the Lord and entreat the Lord. But we can thank God for supplying our need. How can you pray a prayer that takes you out of the equation? <laughs> I mean, completely out of the equation. Because the first thing you have to do when you're praying to the Lord is pray in the spirit of forgiveness. So you have to assert yourself knowing that you forgive others because you want the Lord to forgive you because you're going to entreat the Lord. That's what the Lord said. That's in his word. So how can you sidestep that? I, well, how, I would like to hear him at one of his prayers. I could just only imagine. <laughs> He's saying that a lot of Paul's prayers are recorded in the Bible. And that Paul hardly ever prays for himself. Most of his prayers are for salvation, for spiritual growth of others. And when he does request prayer for himself, he normally prays for boldness to preach, um, to open doors for his ministry. And his prayers are all kingdom focused where our prayers are mainly self-centered, but I don't know how he knows how everybody's. I don't know how he prayers. knows how Paul prayed. I mean, did he give verses for his? He did. Of his Romans prayers? one, chapter, chapter one, verse nine. Okay, he he said that Paul prayed, verse nine. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Uh-huh. And then he gives chapter so, but what, 10. But what makes him think? He said, I make mention. He didn't say my whole prayer was centered on you. He said, I, I mention you in my prayers. How does he know all that Paul prayed? Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That was for Israel. Okay. Okay, and then... Romans 15. And, chapter... and that was specific because uh, he wanted them to believe. He's talking about the Jews, his brethren in the flesh. Chapter 15, verses 30 to 32. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judah, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. Uh-huh. That's, that's another specific. He has no idea what Paul was praying when he was just simply going before God in prayer. These are specific to Paul being accepted by 
the saints, especially by the Jews who he once associated with. So he, he needed the help and the prayer of the saints because what he had to face, who he had to go before. So he made specific requests, but that was not all there is to Paul. And that's not so all there is to So would you say that he was praying for himself? I would say here he was requesting a, a, a prayer. I mean, prayer. it sounds like requesting prayer for himself. For himself, for this particular situation that he had to go before, this particular trial. It's like when, when you tell somebody, I'm going to have to go before the, the, the judge. I have to be in court. I need you to pray. How about uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and it's verse 16. Okay, when he says, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you, mention of you in my prayers. I mean, somebody will ask me, well, have you prayed for me? Yes, I make mention of people in my prayers, but that's not all there is to my prayer. So he lets the person know when I'm praying, I make mention of you. Now, I'm it's, not going to read them all. There's another one, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And that's at uh, verse 3, 2 Timothy 1, 3. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So he's praying for other people. Yes, and don't we all while we're praying, and even then, as we pray for ourselves. So by him saying, if we include ourselves in our prayers, we're being selfish is ridiculous. You know, he's saying that all his prayers are kingdom focused and what we do are mainly self-centered. No, uh-uh. You're kingdom focused, but you know that if if you're not right, and the only how time can you pray for someone else? You have to keep your house straight. And clean your house before you even consider helping someone else clean theirs. Yeah, even Paul was saying he didn't want to be preaching to others about the gospel, living saved and what it takes to be saved, and then he's a castaway. Right. So and then he's saying that the only prayer that he prayed for himself, for his own personal need, was when he had that thorn in the flesh. And uh, you know what? No, this particular person... No, I, no, I'm sorry. He's wrong. There's no need me even try to fix him up. He's wrong. He is definitely wrong. And that's why the Lord tells us to ask. That's why he tells us to seek. Because he knows that we are in the process of being made and being molded. He wants us to come to him with our thoughts, with our hopes, with our fears, with our reservations. He wants us to do these things to unburden ourselves before him, to humble ourselves before him. No, this particular person is backwards. Anyway, then another category is fervency, mm. praying with fervency. So James 5, chapter 5, verse 16, says that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to say that Elijah was a regular guy just like us, and he had strengths and weaknesses just like we do, but he prayed earnestly, and God heard him. And violent prayer should be fervent. It's not we should violent. pray. He's saying that you have to pray with all of your emotions, and I don't understand uh, exactly what that he means. He doesn't either. <laughs> he doesn't understand it either. And, and, and it's not a violent prayer. 
It, it, it's nothing that, that was meant with the intention to in, inflict harm the way violence does, to inflict pain and damage. God was getting the glory, and he was letting them know this is, this is the will of God. You know, and the Lord knows exactly what it takes to reach a person. The fact that it didn't rain for three and a half years, that's what it took to break them, to humble them. And the Lord knows exactly what to do to, to humble somebody, to get them to the point where they see themselves. So another example he gives is in James chapter 5, verse 13, where it says that when we're suffering, we should pray. And if we're cheerful, we should sing song, psalms. In other words, but if how, you're suffering, we should pray. Pray what? How you pray is heavily dependent, he says, on your circumstances. But see, when you are going through difficult times, we are able to pray with a lot more emotion. I have a point. You're praying about yourself. So he just said, <laughs> you know, you don't do that. But if you know that you're going through, or even if you're rejoicing, if you're not going through, you're just giving God the praise. You're just giving him the glory. You're blessing his name and you're lifting your heart up to the Lord. That's all personal. You cannot dismiss yourself from the kingdom if you're praying for the kingdom. Yeah. Well, he's you're describing, part of the kingdom. Yeah, he said in, this, in all circumstances. In this, in this, right. He's talking about fervency. He's not talking. Well, I was like, here. He's, he's trying to separate. It's like trying to separate the marrow from the fervency. bone. He doesn't have the ability to do it. Because he quotes, like, or he talks about Hezekiah. Praying, crying out to God, uh, and God heard him. Yeah. Ahab was a wicked king, uh, yet when he yeah. cried out to God, God heard Ahab. Uh -huh. and, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. and so, and when, in the prayers that David made in his songs, those were personal. And I created me a clean heart. Hey, he doesn't, to me, understand the power of prayer. And he says, for some reason, God takes glory in helping people who are in desperate situations. You think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, then there's another uh, category, and that is fast. Jesus told his disciples that sometimes prayer and fasting are needed for stubborn spiritual problems. Mm -hmm. And fasting adds a sense of urgency to your prayers. I don't know if... But I think it shows more dedication or commitment and, to the Lord. And plus it breaks down the, the, the flesh and allows you spiritually to be closer to, to be able to communicate with God even more so than what you would do if you didn't fast. So, and the Lord is able to reach you because when you do a fast, a proper fast to the Lord, it's a period of consecration. So you're not concerned with outside world. You cut off. I mean, a, a, a fast the way the Lord has established. You cut off outside influences, and it's just you and the Lord. The other category is be righteous. So mm -hmm. God is not a respecter of persons. However, that does not mean he treats every prayer equally. Some prayers that people pray are more important to God than others. And then he says, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? In Acts. That wasn't because they prayed, they were trying to cast the devil out, and they were the devil themselves. You can't, they, they weren't saved, and they were trying to take credit. What is he talking about? They talk about violence, and that was violent. They said they whooped until they were naked. <laughs> Beat the clothes right off of them. So, anyway. so, so that wasn't, 
there was, there was somebody who was trying to cast out a devil, and they weren't saved themselves. And then the one thing that he, I guess I tend to agree with is we must rid our lives of unforgiveness and unconfessed sin in order for our prayers to be effective. Because that's what the Lord said. When you come to me and you're entreating me and you're asking me for something, the Lord said you have to do it in the spirit of forgiveness. You have to be willing to forgive others. And then the final category is use God's word when you're praying. Um, so the sword, of the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is one of the weapons of spiritual warfare. Yes. Which you can find to in abide the word and the word abide in you. Yes. How else would you pray outside of the word? How else could you do it? You can't do it except through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, making intercession for you. He feels like there's a time and a place for quoting Scripture. Jesus quoted Scriptures to resist the devil during his 40-day fast. and uh, Jesus was the Word, so <laughs> is the Word. Uh, Should we pray for the sick to be healed or just speak the Word? You, know. you go by the leading of the says, Holy Spirit. He says the answer is both. And you look at how Jesus prayed in John 11, chapter 11, verses 41 to 43, where it says, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. This is when he was raising Lazarus from the dead. Now, when he had said these things, he cried in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus was sick. Not only sick, he was dead. Right, <laughs> you know? four days. And then, so when he said, come forth, so Jesus first prayed to the Father. Um, he says, almost as if he was pleading his case. And then when he was finished praying, he spoke the words for Lazarus to be raised. But... Um, Anyway, I think a, a pure heart. You come to the Lord with a pure heart. You're right. In childlike faith and let the Holy Ghost make intercession for you. When you pray, you exercise your faith. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're seeking the truth, then you come in faith, believing that the Lord will do something for you if you humble yourself before him. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 and 23. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Now ain't God all right. God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's Food for Thought was, how do you honor the Lord and why? And the answer is with substance, first fruits, and your increase. And that answer can be found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, which says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruits, and of all thine increase so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. This week's food for thought is, when did Christ die for the ungodly? 
Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.